0: We are on commandment number nine, week nine of a series that we're calling Back to the Basics, Because it's crazy to say because nine weeks is a very, very long time for a series, but what we've been doing for the past eight weeks is we've been going one commandment at a time, going back to the Old Testament, going back to Exodus, taking one commandment at a time and talking about it and seeing what the New Testament says about it, seeing what Jesus says about it. Something Pastor Troy has been saying every single week is that Jesus came to illuminate the law, not eliminate the law, and he's kind of been repeating that to help us Understand that just because Jesus was, was crucified and resurrected doesn't mean the Old Testament doesn't have meaning. Doesn't mean the Old Testament can't still apply to us. And if you were here in week one, which looking around the room, I think most everybody was here in week one, we discovered that we don't know the Ten Commandments. We just know of the Ten Commandments. And so what we've been doing at the beginning of every single message is as a congregation as a whole, we've been standing together and reading the Ten Commandments. So if you would, if you're able to, would you please stand with me as we go and read every single commandment off one by one to kind of help it stick to our hearts so we can begin to remember it and understand them better. The four in yellow are the vertical commandments, the ones about our relationship with God, and the six in white are the horizontal with our relationship with others. So if you would say this with me, commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make idols. Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Five, honor your father and your mother. Six, you shall not murder. Seven, you shall not commit adultery. Eight, you shall not steal. Nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And ten, you shall not covet. Father God, we want to come to you one more time and thank you for your word you we're grateful that, that the Old Testament, the New Testament, all of it, it still applies to us today. And I pray that as we dig into your word, we dig into a little bit of the New Testament, and we dig into commandment number nine, uh, you shall not lie, that we would just learn today, that we would lean in and we would walk out of here with greater knowledge of the commandments, greater knowledge of how this applies to us than we did when we walked in here. We love you. We thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen, and you may be seated. You may be seated. So commandment number 9 you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor it is written exactly like that in the bible in verse 16 of Exodus 20 you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. It's simply just saying, do not lie. So we're going to talk about a little bit about lying today. And before we get into it, I kind of want to have a, a transparent moment. I hope it's OK. I can be a little transparent with the people in the room. Uh, I found out that I was teaching this morning on Thursday. So As most of you know, as I said, I'm the youth pastor here. And the youth at 662, which is the name of our youth ministry. And as I'm looking around, I see, I see several students who are here from the 62, a couple of youth leaders as well. Uh, I love the 62. It's an amazing place. We meet on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m but most students get there around 6, 6.30, kind of play ping pong, play the weed, play basketball, whatever it is, kind of socialize and build relationships. Uh, so we start service at 7, and Wednesdays are a really busy day for me. So when I come into the office on Thursday morning, it's kind of like a reset day for me. I kind of take my time, I count the offering, I count the snack shack, I kind of go over what happened to the previous service, uh, just kind of get prepared mentally for the following week because I don't want to like you know overstress myself. I don't want to overwork myself and get tired out and burnt out. So Thursday's for me kinda like a reset day. Um and you know at about 9 a.m from 9 a.m to 10 a.m for about an hour I was kinda chilling, kinda hanging out relaxing. I was being productive while at the same time relaxing. And I I struggle with that. It's hard for me to do that because I always want to do stuff. But I gotta learn I gotta learn to relax sometimes. At about 10 o'clock in the morning, uh while I was in my office, I heard Pastor Troy in the office next to me, he got a phone call. Now I didn't know who it was. I didn't know what he was saying. I wasn't being nosy. I wasn't trying to lean into his conversation. I could just hear him talking to somebody. I heard his phone ring. He was on the phone with somebody. And then, you know, he was talking on the phone at about 10, 10, 10, 15, a couple minutes later. He walked up to my office door, which was open. He looks at me and I could tell by the look on his face that he had gotten some kind of bad news. And so I was kind of like, hey, hey, good morning. Pastor. I wasn't prepared for what he was about to tell me. I said, hey, Pastor Troy, good morning. How are you? He looked at me and he said, can you preach Sunday? And I'm not going to lie, I'm, this is my transparent moment. As the youth pastor of the church, this is my transparent moment. I did not hide my face, and I did, not, I did not even try to hide what I was feeling. He said, can you preach Sunday? And I said, oh, man, can I preach Sunday? You really just asked me if I could preach Sunday. And I took a deep breath. I didn't say anything. I didn't respond because I wasn't sure. So he went into detail about what was going on with his son, Judah, at school. The whole class got quarantined. And I'm actually really grateful that we have a a pastor and a pastor's wife and leaders of this church who, even if there's the slightest chance that they could possibly get somebody sick and ruin somebody's Christmas, they're not going to come and they're going to quarantine. I'm grateful that they care more about us than about themselves. It could have been very easy for Pastor Troy not to say anything. You know, Judah was tested negative. Pastor Troy tested negative. He could have very easily came and taught this morning, but but he, he cares about us. He's worried about us, and I'm grateful for, for leaders of our church who do that. Uh, but he wouldn't have detailed about all that, about what was going on, and so I kind of had to have a heart check. I had to have an attitude change of, you know, I, I'm not overwhelmed by this the task he's given me. i actually need to be grateful that of all the people that Pastor Troy could have picked to teach this morning, he, he picked me. And so I was kind of, you know, I took a deep breath. I said, okay, I'll do it. before I, Before I even went into the conversation and talked about it, I looked at him and I said, What commandment are we on? And because I didn't know because I wasn't here last week, because me and my family we were on vacation, so my numbers are mixed up, my days are mixed up. Are we on eight, nine, or ten, or whatever? So he looked at me and he said, You know, one commandment number nine, do not lie. And as soon as he told me it was the do not lie commandment, I knew for, for sure that I was capable of being able to, even with the short amount of time, you know, last time I taught on a Sunday, I had like three weeks in advance. This this Sunday is a little different, I had about three days. But I knew I was capable and able to do this because lying is like a really big deal to me um, because I've been on both sides of the spectrum of lying. I, when I was young and as a teenager, I was a really bad liar. I was really, really manipulative. I could talk my way in and out of situations. I could get my siblings in trouble, get my friends in trouble. I could keep my coach from making us run by lying. Like I was a really, really big and really, really good liar when I was young. But on the flip side of it, I've also been lied to. Man, I know how that makes me feel. I know how being lied to makes me feel. And I could probably honestly go around the room and everybody in here has probably been lied to before in their lives. In fact, most everybody in here, you've probably been hurt by a lie that somebody has told you in their lives. And uh, I want to talk to a specific group of people today before I get into the whole lying message and all my points and stuff. Uh, Like I said, I think I could... It's safe for me to say that everybody in here has been hurt by somebody because they lied to them. I think I can safely say that. Um, I don't think everybody in here is still carrying that hurt, but I think there may be some people in here who are. Um, Because, again, I know what that hurt feels like. I know what that pain feels like, that anger, that hatred, whatever it is. When somebody lies to you, I I understand that. So if you're in this room and you're carrying some kind of hurt, some pain that your your kid lied to, your parents lied to, your friend, this person you're dating, your spouse, like if you're carrying something, some kind of hate, pain, hatred or whatever it is because somebody lied to you, I just want to just give encouragement and give advice that the best thing you can do for your sake is you got to forgive them. And that's really, really hard to do, and that's really, really easy for me to say because, if we're going to be honest, forgiving people is probably the hardest thing to do as a human being, and it's probably because most of the time we feel like people don't deserve our forgiveness. And you're probably right. They probably did something really bad, and they probably don't deserve your forgiveness, but you don't deserve to be held captive of something that you can't control. So I was, re- I was watching a, a, a series uh, on YouTube of this pastor is doing a series on forgiveness, and the very, very, like, first point of the, very, the whole entire message uh, and the whole entire series, he said, forgiveness is necessary for freedom. So, again, if you're, if you're carrying pain today or hurt or hatred or anger or something towards somebody because they lied to you, whether it's been for a day, whether they told you a lot yesterday, a week, a decade, however long it's been, if you want to receive freedom, if you want to not be so angry all the time, you don't want your week to be ruined because you think of one single person just want to encourage you. You got to forgive them for your sake. So that's my little my little five minute message to the to the people who may be in pain today when it comes to lying. Now I want to talk about when uh, when it comes to us and when we when we lie, why we shouldn't lie, why lying's bad. Um, obviously, this is one of those messages that like you know we teach to the kids, city kids, like lying's bad, don't lie, right? And this again one of those messages that. When we talk when when I came up here and I said, hey, with the commandment number nine, do not lie. You all probably thought of somebody that you should have invited to church today because they lied to you. Um, but I think there's a lot more that meets the service when it comes to lying. And lying's a very lying is a very interesting topic to me because again, not many of us would say that we're liars, but lying is a very, very common and very, very evident thing, uh, just not only in, in America, but in the entire world. Um, if I went around the room, about 90 to 95% of you would say that I'm not a liar. Some of you, you may, you may know you're a liar, and that's a different conversation for a different time, but if we were going around the room, most everybody would say, hey, I'm not a liar, when the reality is you are a liar, your lies just aren't, quote-unquote, as bad. And what happens, especially in our minds, what we think is we have a lot of excuses for why we lie. We love to obviously justify our sins, but we're really, really good at justifying our lies, and we'll say things like, oh, I just didn't want to hurt that person, so I lied to them, especially, I know, especially like when I was a kid, my parents would, would lie to me to protect me or lie to me to keep me safe, so that's a very, very common excuse. I don't want to hurt them. I want to protect them and keep them safe. I'm just not going to, I'm just going to lie to them, or we'll say something like, you know, my, my, lie, my lie is not that big a deal because everybody else is saying the same lie. Everybody else is saying the same exact lie to their parents, sibling, whoever. So if I say the same lie, too, it's not going not gonna to matter that much. It's okay. Or probably my favorite one is my, my lie doesn't really matter because my lie is just a simple white Lie, which, by the way, white lie is a man-made thing. It's a, pretty much really an American-made thing that just doesn't exist. A lie is a lie, and a sin is sin. There's no, there's no levels to lie, but we put levels on lie because we like to compare our lies to other people. We like to say, well, I, I have like a level one lie. They did like a level five lie. It's, it's, it's different. My lie's not as bad. They, they may be lying about this relationship they're in, or they may be lying about something they're doing from their spouse. I just, I just lied a little bit about how much I weighed. It's not that big a deal. It's the same thing. A lie is a lie. They, they, this person lied in court under oath about a crime they committed. I just lied a little bit about how much is in my bank account. It's the same thing. I mean, it may not seem like it's as big of a deal. I mean, it may not seem like it affects people that much, but it does. A lie is a lie, and sin is a sin. And uh, I, I think what happens is, especially like as, as children, like we learn to lie in our childhood. We learn to lie as, as, as kids. or We're living our parents. So I learn how to lie. To to our parents to get out of trouble, we learn how to lie to get our sibling in trouble or to get our sibling out of trouble. Or if you play sports, learn how to lie to your coach so you don't have to run or get in trouble. Sometimes we lie to, to be cool in front of our friends. Like we make up all these lies as kids, and we learn how to lie at a really, really young age. Now what happens is nobody teaches us how bad lying really is and how it really affects us. So now we're adults with more reasons to lie and better ways to lie. And again, we put excuses, we put levels, we have all these reasons for why we lie, that it's not a big deal, but in reality, it is. So I'm not, I'm not going to come up here today, I'm not trying to, trying to help everybody who's telling the big lie, the really, really bad lie. And get, I want to talk to everybody today, because we all tell those little b lies. Well, every once in a while, we say a little b lie, that we don't think that matters, uh, but in reality, it really does. So this morning, I want to give five truths about lying. Five truths about lying. And again, we're, this is going to y'all, we already like halfway done. Y'all y'all been sitting, y'all just said through the most of the message. It's going to be a good day for some of y'all. Y'all don't have to be in church that long. Good for y'all. It's going to be a quick message today. Five truths about lying. And if you have your Bible, you can open up to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. We're going to see Matthew 15. We're going to read it at the, at the end of the service. But y'all can go ahead and open there. But the first truth about lying, if you're taking notes, and this one, this is one of those. It's self-explanatory. I don't even have to talk about it that much, but I, I got to say it. Lying is Satan's native language. Lying is Satan's native language. Now, I'm not trying to come up here and, and be like, you know, Waterboy's mom and be like, you're all the devil because you're lying and I'm the devil because I'm lying. And that's, not, that's not my goal. That's not my, what I'm trying to do today. I'm, but this is biblical truth. This isn't me, you know, trying to come up with something that's very convicting and you're going to hell if you're No, it's not. Well, I'm not getting all that. This is just biblical truth, that lying is Satan's native language. And I want to read it for you all real quick. In John chapter 8, verse 42, Jesus himself is speaking. In verse 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, the father of lies. Again, let me reiterate this. Just because you lie doesn't mean you're the devil or it you're going to hell, none of that. But when you do lie, you are speaking Satan's native language. I we're, we're going to go past point number one. Because that's like, again, Bible, this is where the Bible is like way smarter than I am and the Bible speaks for itself. So we're going to go ahead and go to, go to point number two. Truth number two about lying. Lying is a choice and a sin. Lying is a choice and a sin. Lying is a choice and a sin doesn't matter what your excuse is for why. You might have a really good excuse for why you lie. And I actually want to talk a little bit about, I want to like I get really, really specific about the excuse of, I just want to protect them. I want to keep them safe. Because that's probably the most justifiable excuse for why we lie. I want to protect them. I don't want to get them hurt or whatever. But, and it's a really good excuse for why we lie. But, but what happens is when we, when we lie, we, we keep people from receiving freedom. And we see it again in John 8. Uh, Jesus himself speaks and he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that's like probably one of my, my favorite verses in the whole Bible, especially when it comes to the teaching, but then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So in order to receive freedom, you got to have knowledge and you got to have truth and what happens when you lie is you're keeping somebody from knowing the truth and you're keeping them from receiving freedom. And it may be about something small. Again, it may not think that your lie is a big deal. You may not think it matters that much. But when you're keeping somebody from the truth, you're holding them from freedom. I, I, I have this kind of like a quote that I say I say it a lot to my youth and to the, to the teenagers and the people in the 662 uh, and the students in the 662 um, because this is how I feel about myself. And I, this is kind of like one of my main things when it comes to teaching. Uh, I say, I would rather hurt your feelings with the truth than make you feel good with a lie because what you want to hear is not always what you need to hear. What you want to hear is not always what you need to hear. So, again, maybe the lie makes them feel good. Maybe the lie doesn't make them sad. Maybe the lie doesn't, doesn't hurt them, but we don't need to feel better. We don't need to have our feelings. We don't need to have a, the opinions and the feelings of others, of us. That's not what's most important. People need freedom. Your kids need freedom. Your parents need freedom. Your, your spouses need freedom. Your, your siblings need freedom. They need freedom, and lying keeps them from that. Point number three, truth number three about lying. Lying is powerful. Lying is powerful. And there were a lot of different verses and illustrations I could use for this, um, for this point, uh, but I, the, probably one of the most popular verses in the whole entire Bible. It comes from Proverbs uh, chapter 18, but it says the tongue has the power of life and death. Right, tongue has the power of life in it. That's one that we've, we've all heard. We've heard a lot. And that the, exactly, the statement means exactly what we think it means. You, by the way you speak, by the way you talk, you're either speaking life or death into your situation. You're speaking life and death to your marriage, to your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your parents, your relationship to whoever. Some of you speak life or death into God's purpose on your life, what you believe in him, and all that stuff. And I promise you that when you lie, it's powerful. It's speaking death over a situation, whether you realize it or not. Lying is really, really Powerful. Point number four. Are we rolling through these? Y'all are glad y'all are getting out early today. Y'all going to lunch a little early today. Point number four, truth number four. Lying has a snowball effect. Lying has a snowball effect. Now, when I I have had this point written down, because I knew this was something that, like, I wanted to say. I, I actually had to do some research and some studying because... When we say lying has a snowball effect, it really means in two ways. Obviously, the one way that we know, we understand is like one lie turns to two, two lies turn to four, four lies turn to eight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We understand that. But it also has a snowball effect in the sense of the more you lie. And studies show this like psychology, like this is proven. Like, the more you lie, the worse that your judgment gets about those lies. I'm gonna say it again, I'm gonna reiterate it again. The more you lie, the worse your judgment gets about how bad a lie is. I guess that's the best way to put it. So what started out as a little lie, which you thought was not a big deal, turns out it ends up being a really, really big deal, and the more you lie, the less you care about other people, the less you care about how the lie affects others, the less you care about how the lie affects you, the less you care about how the lie affects your relationship with God. Like, the more you lie, the worse your judgment gets about lies and then point number five this is the last point lying comes from the heart lying comes from the heart and uh, this is actually i had about four different verses i want to read and i wanted to talk to you about this this point uh, this is the one i want to spend the most time on because the heart is a really really big deal obviously when we say heart we mean the spiritual heart right Um, The heart's a really, really big deal to God. It's in the Bible all over the place. We see heart, Old Testament, New Testament, front to back. Um, And probably my favorite verse when it comes to the heart, my favorite teaching verse when we talk about the spiritual heart is it says everything flows from the heart. It's very simple. It's a very, I'm pretty sure it's proverb. Proverbs. Proverbs has got everything in it. You want to pick a book to read, you better read Proverbs. Because everything flows from the heart. That means everything good, everything bad. And that's why, you know, a lot of the physical world, a lot of the physical things, it reflects the spiritual world. That's why as human beings, what pumps blood to the rest of your body? It's your heart. It's the same thing spiritually. Whether you're depressed or spiritually, emotionally, mentally, what you think, your thoughts, the way you speak, all that stuff, it flows from your heart. And when you lie, obviously, you're making your heart worse. You're making your heart uh, make your heart defiled. And defiles is a really, really, like, really big theological word. I actually want to read in Matthew 15 where we see this word, kind of talk about it a little bit. Matthew 15, starting in verse 17, it says this. Just Jesus speaking. It says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. So defile means makes you unclean, impure, spoiled, whatever it is, the things that come from your mouth, the lies, the cuss words you say, the things, the way you speak to your kids, the way you speak to your parents, the way you speak to your spouse, all that, it, it can defy you. It comes from the heart. Verse 19, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. And this verse is very interesting to me because Jesus hits like half the horizontal commandments in, in one verse. Out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. In verse 20, these are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Now, we read verse 20 a little different in the pandemic and COVID-19 and the world we live in today, uh, but the reality is, whether or not you wash your hands, that doesn't affect you spiritually, it doesn't affect you emotionally or mentally, but what, uh, what defiles your heart, what makes your heart unclean, what changes your heart for the worse or for the better is the way you speak. And whether that's a big deal to you or not a big deal to you, whether the lie you tell is really small or really big, the reality is, lying comes from the heart. And again, I'm gonna say this again. I'm gonna reiterate this again this morning. Uh, of course, if you're if you're telling a big lie, if you're if you're lying to your spouse, to your kids, or something about something big, obviously that's an issue that needs to get fixed. But I kind of want to help us not get to that point. I want I don't want us to to start telling a really really small lie or continue to tell a small lie and get away with it, and then it end up coming to light and it's a really really big lie and it destroying a relationship with whoever you're lying to. Um, so again, this is a little a quick message and a small a shorter message, but I don't want y'all to take point number five like lightly. That's the point that I really if I really have one point today, it would have been lying comes from the heart. And I wanted to kind of just talk about the heart today, uh, but I, we got to talk about lying today. We're on the Commandment series, right? Because the heart's a big deal, and it should be a big deal to us because it's a big deal to God. And your heart, again, everything that flows from, not just everything you say, but the way you feel, the way your spouse, the way you feel about your spouse, the way you feel about your kids, the way, like everything that comes from out of us, it comes.